no way to ever count the blessings God has poured out upon our lives. And we thank and praise Him for them all. Let's turn the Bibles to Hebrews. We'll get chapter 5 and chapter 12 as our starting places. Hebrews 5 and Hebrews 12. Many verses to look at this morning in the pure and perfect Word of God, our Holy Bible. Hallelujah. We've been studying the names that our Bible gives to the Lord Jesus Christ. We have seen Him as the Advocate, the last Adam, the Ancient of Days, the Almighty, the Alpha and Omega, the Apostle of our salvation. And this morning we want to look at Jesus Christ, who the Bible says to be the author. He is the author. What? What did He write? Hebrews chapter 5. The Bible says in verse number 7, speaking of... Well, let's start at verse 5. So also Christ, glorified not Himself to be made an high priest, but He that said unto Him, Thou art My Son, today have I begotten Thee. As He saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of His flesh, this is Jesus Christ living in that body of human flesh upon this earth, who in the days of His flesh... When he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. That's Jesus Christ praying in the garden of Gethsemane. Father, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Verse 8, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, not sinless, Jesus never sinned. But complete, being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him, called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Jesus Christ authored. He is the author of eternal salvation. It was not written by a church. It was not written by a pastor or a rabbi. It was not written by a prophet or a denomination. It was not written by religion. Jesus Christ wrote, He authored, eternal salvation. Now the Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 12, let's go there, Hebrews chapter 12. And verse number 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about, with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Our Father, as we seek to consider one more wonder pertaining to your dear Son. We ask and pray that you would lead us and guide us into all truth. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. An author, when an author sets out to write, he, he doesn't place the pen to the paper and wait for some outside or external force or spirit to move upon the pen. It's not automated writing as you would read about in some uh, areas of, of occult practice. 
It's not a matter of plagiarism. An author is not a, a one who would plagiarize. We're not talking about someone who takes the work of another and rewords it slightly and calls it his own. A true author has a thought that originates in his mind or an idea that springs forth from his heart. And he ponders that and he weighs that and he evaluates it and he, and he muses upon it and he, and he works it out in all of its different directions and then he commits to writing and makes known to the world that which is born in his heart, that which is born in his mind. And what a, what a marvel that Jesus Christ, Almighty God manifest in the flesh, should have had in his mind our eternal salvation should have had in his heart a faith by which we could be forgiven of all of our sins and saved with an everlasting salvation. What an incredible thing that such a thought would even enter the mind of God, that such a desire would ever spring up in the heart of God. But many an author has said to an idea, uh, that won't work. Many a writer has said, ah, that, that wouldn't be of interest to anybody. Many a man has set out to write something and gotten a quarter of the way through or halfway through the project or even finished it and then torn it up and said, that's no good. But when the thought entered the mind of God that I will save sinners, he did not look at our unworthiness and dismiss the thought. He did not consider whether or not that would be a best-selling idea. He decided to go through and pursue that idea and, and commit it to writing, starting with Genesis and, and running to Exodus and Leviticus and all the way up to Bethlehem's manger. And then, and then as, he, as he pondered this idea, his heart, in his heart of hearts, God realized, for me to write this, will require the cruel, bloody, sacrificial death of my son upon the cross. And he went forward and wrote that chapter. The very chapter that makes it possible for you and for me to be saved. As difficult as it was for God to write those words, as difficult as it was for God to fulfill and to bring to pass that, that idea that sprang from His mind and His heart, He carried it out. And Jesus Christ truly did author and finish our faith. Did you notice in both the passages, Jesus authoring our faith is not a reference to the prophecy in Genesis 3 that the seed of the woman would bruise the serpent's head. It's not a reference to the prophecy in Genesis 22 that, that a sacrificial offering would be made upon a mountain that, that uh, another party might walk away alive and, and forgiven. It, the prophecy doesn't refer to the Passover lambs in Egypt pointing to the day of deliverance and salvation. Jesus Christ is the author of our faith takes us directly to the Garden of Gethsemane, where he looks into that cup of wrath that God the Father was going to pour out upon all sinners, and there with much anguish of heart and much trouble in his soul, Jesus Christ agreed to write that chapter, bearing your sins and mine. 
Did you notice he didn't author this plan of salvation or, or author our salvation when he prophesied of the, of the crucified lamb in Isaiah 53 or when he prophesied of the suffering one on the cross in Psalm number 22. Those all pointed to our salvation. But we're not saved by prophecies. We're saved because the Savior allowed His body to be nailed to that cross. We're saved because the Savior shed His precious blood to wash away our sin. And both passages that refer to Jesus as the author of our salvation and the author of our faith do not point to the promises that He wrote, but to the deeds that He performed so that we could be saved. We're not saved because prophets said there would be a Savior. We're saved because the Savior died for sinners. We're not saved because there's a verse here and there throughout the Old Testament that says someone would would pay the penalty for our transgressions. We're saved because someone did pay that penalty. Jesus Christ is the author of eternal salvation. He's the author of our faith. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to look together with me. Find the book of Titus in the New Testament, just a little before Hebrews, the book of Titus, and chapter number 1. And just mark that place. We'll come right back to it. Titus chapter number 1. And then let's turn together to the Old Testament book of Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. We're considering this morning the author of eternal salvation. Next, we'll consider the author of our faith. Isaiah 43 and verse number 10. Let's, I'll tell you what. Let's start at verse number 9. Let all the nations be gathered together. I don't know where your ancestry, uh, where your family lines run. But this is for you. Let all the nations be gathered together. Let the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this and show us former things? Let them bring forth their witnesses that they may be justified. Or let them hear and say, it is truth. So you've got two choices. Go back before time and disprove the Bible. Or agree it is truth. Those are your two options. You don't have any other options. To disprove God's creation account, to disprove the the account of God, the Almighty One, you'd have to go back before Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 1. If you can't do that, the thing to do is say, it is truth. Verse number 10, Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am He. Before me there was no God formed. Neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord. And beside me there is no Savior. So the God, the only God, the creator of the heavens and the earth said, I have looked backward, I have looked forward, I have looked at the present, and there, not only is there no other God, there is no other Savior. Pretty clear. Hosea, your Bible to run Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, chapter 13. We'll come to Titus in just a moment. 
Hosea chapter 13 and verse number 4. Hosea 13, 4. Yet I am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt, and thou should know no God but me, for there is no Savior beside me. Now that's clear. In fact, it's so clear that there is no Savior beside the Lord and that we are to be witnesses to that fact that there is an entire worldwide organization who points to the Isaiah passage and says we are Jehovah's Witnesses and testify that He is the only Savior. Titus chapter number 1. Titus chapter number 1. Verse number 3, But hath in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. Verse 4, To Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. Now wait a minute. How many Saviors are there according to Isaiah 43? There's only one. How many saviors are there according to Hosea chapter 13? There's only one. If God is our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ is our Savior, then the Lord Jesus Christ is God. Titus chapter number 2, verse number 10. Not purloining, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. Verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. According to Isaiah 43, there is only one Savior. Jesus Christ is our Savior. According to Hosea 13, there's only one Savior. God is our Savior. Then it stands without controversy that Jesus Christ is God. Titus chapter number 3. Titus chapter 3 and verse 4. But after that the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness as we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Now if Isaiah 43 says there's only one Savior... If Hosea 13, 4 says there's only one Savior, and the holy book of Titus in the Holy Bible says three times, God our Savior, Jesus Christ our Savior. God our Savior, Jesus Christ our Savior. God our Savior, Jesus Christ our Savior. Then it is without controversy, the great mystery of godliness, God was manifest in the flesh. Hallelujah. The God against whom we sinned became the author of our eternal salvation by personally taking care of our guilt, of our, of our debt that we owed to Him, by bearing in His body on the tree the wrath that should have come your way and should have come my way. God is our Savior because He authored the means whereby you and I could be eternally saved. 
What an amazing thing. Now, the Bible also says in that Hebrews 12 passage, He is the author and finisher of our faith. And this has led some to misread or misunderstand and suppose that I didn't have any faith and then one day God gave me some faith and I got saved because God made me get saved. It's, it's a little more complicated than that, but you boil it down, that's, that's what it comes down to. But faith has many different definitions and the definition as we find it in Hebrews 12 and in the other verses we're about to read Faith is the embodiment of a system of doctrines or beliefs. Some people are members of the Catholic faith. Some people are members of the Orthodox faith. Some people are members of the Protestant faith. What, what we mean when we say that, some people say, I'm a person of faith. I am of the, I am of the Lutheran faith. And what that means is, I have consented to or embraced a set of doctrines belonging to this group or that group or another group. Before any of those groups were established, Jesus Christ authored a system of beliefs. Jesus Christ authored a system of doctrines which if one will embrace and one will receive, will result in them obtaining eternal life. I don't want to be a Baptist. I want to be a Christian. I don't want to be a Protestant or a Methodist. I want to be a Christian. I have no quarrel with the different names and designations. It helps. There's a reason. Why do you have a church name on your sign out there? It's real simple. When we get out of church today, if you want Mexican you want the restaurant to identify itself as Mexican. They're all food, but if you want a particular type of food, the sign will identify and let you know this is the type of food you can get here. There are many, many Christians in our town. The sign will let you know if these are the ones that stay seated or the ones that fall over backwards. It doesn't mean one's saved and one's not saved. The sign may indicate you'll understand what these people say. You won't know what language these people are speaking. Okay? This, this church lights candles. This one lights candles only when the power goes out. See? The, the, the signs are there. The names are there to tell you what to expect when you go inside. Okay? It's not, it's not war and conflict between the different groups. It's, it's for purpose of identification. Now... There is a faith that predates all the faiths that point to Jesus. There is the faith of Jesus Christ. It's the one that He Himself authored. Let's look in our Bibles in Romans chapter number 1. Let's go to Romans 1. You say, why would we turn all these verses in the Bible? This is the Bible Baptist Church. See, the sign warns you. You... you you should have known coming in it was going to be the Bible. I was driving up I-75 one time and came across the river into Ohio and, and just came right across the river into Cincinnati. And right there along the highway is a huge, a huge Roman Catholic church. 
And they have, what, a, what an opportunity. They have a billboard on the top of their church building facing eight lanes of I-75. Wouldn't that be a blessing? And the sign said, such and such Roman Catholic Church, home of the best spaghetti supper in Cincinnati. So that's why you put a sign up, so people know what to expect when you, when, you, when you come there. I promise you, if we ever get a billboard, it won't say the Bible Baptist Church, home of the best microwave leftovers in the land. <laughs> we'll put the gospel on there. Anyway, Romans chapter 1 says this, verse 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Separated unto the gospel of God. Verse 9. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of His Son. So notice, this is not a gospel, and we'll, we'll see it in details with the verses. This is not a gospel about God. This is a gospel that God authored. It is, it is God who set forth the truth that all men have sinned. It is God who set forth the truth that all men have come short of His glory. It is God who set forth the truth that having sinned and come short of His glory, you must be forgiven. It is God who set forth the truth that the only way to be forgiven is through the death, burial, and resurrection of His Son. It is God who set forth the truth that if you would but believe on His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, you could be justified. These are all uh, principal points in the doctrine of God. He is the author and finisher of our faith. My faith is not just in... Now listen carefully. My faith is not just in God. It is in the gospel of God. It is in the faith of God. Billions of people believe in God. But they don't believe the doctrines that He set forth telling men how to be saved. Jesus Christ is the author of our faith. You can't make up a Jesus and put faith in it and get to heaven. You can't make up a way to heaven and put faith in that and get to heaven. You have to put your faith in the faith of the Son of God. It's very important to understand that. Look at Romans chapter number 3. Romans chapter 3. Romans 3. And verse number 3. For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? So, so think about this. If some people don't believe what God set forth for them to believe, you can't read the verse and say that's going to make God an unbeliever. Now you hear things like that. In, in religious circles today. God believes in you. He wants you to believe in Him. And if you don't believe in God, God's faith and confidence is going to be shaken. Weird stuff. God has no doubts about who He is. God has no doubts about what He's going to do. God has no second guessing as to what He wrote in the Bible. So He's not saying if some people don't believe, God stops believing. What he's saying is, 
Here are a set of doctrines God authored whereby you can be saved. And if some people don't believe them and don't get saved, that doesn't keep you from getting saved. That doesn't keep you from believing them. Millions of people died and went to hell before I came along. But when I read God's gospel, when I read God's faith in the Bible and believed it, He saved me. The unbelief of others didn't render the faith of God of none effect. This book will still work just like God intended it to, do, to, to work if you'll believe it, even if your kinfolk don't believe it. That's the statement. Look at Romans 15. See it again. Romans chapter 15. Romans 15. So Jesus wrote something that will work. How about that? I was thinking this week about other authors who have authored faiths. L. Ron Hubbard wrote some science fiction books in the 1950s and 60s, and now it's a faith. They call it Scientology. But there's not one person that would testify, I know my sins are forgiven and I have eternal life because of the faith of L. Ron Hubbard. It didn't work. I was thinking about, about some poor, and I, I, please don't, don't take this wrong. I'm thinking about some poor girl who was born with really bad teeth and, and some sort of physical defect in her facial features and then began to, to uh, develop uh, awkwardly and, and unfortunately and, and the poor girl, just, she's just a sweetheart but at 15 nobody wanted to go out with her and at 20 nobody wanted to marry her and at 30 nobody married her and, her, and at, at 50 nobody married her and at 70 she's sitting in a nursing home in Salt Lake City and her Mormon faith requires her to be married to have eternal life. Somebody authored a faith that doesn't work. When Mother Teresa dies, and members of the Roman Catholic Church have to donate money to say masses to get her out of the fires of purgatory, Somebody authored a faith that doesn't work. Jesus Christ put in writing the means whereby you can be saved and have your sins forgiven and know that you are saved right now because what He wrote works for everybody, even if some don't believe it. Now, the way you know if something's true or false, can everybody have it? Everybody can have salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Everybody can have a Mormon salvation. Everybody can have a Jehovah's Witness salvation. Everybody can have a Greek Orthodox salvation. Everybody can have an Islamic salvation. Everybody can have salvation through Jesus Christ. That's how you know that's the one God wrote. God's not willing that any should perish. Your Bible says in Romans 15 and verse number 16. Let us start at 15. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God. 
that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. Look what he offered the Gentiles. What he'd already offered the Jews. A, a body of beliefs that if one will accept, will result in God imparting to them everlasting life. Now, now look why this is important, Christian. I want people saved, same as you do. I want to see people call on the Lord and be born again just like you do. But we have got to stop putting people on this bullet train and racing them past three verses to try to get them to pray a prayer when they don't even know what they're talking about. The gospel of God is not three verses out of Romans. It's the fall of man in the garden. It's the guilt of every individual. It's the virgin birth of the Son of God. It's the sinless life of Jesus Christ. It's the sacrificial death of God's Lamb. It's the bodily resurrection three days later. It's the ascension to the right hand of the Father of the one and only Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to believe the gospel of God, not two or three verses snatched out of the Bible. I've seen people kneel right here at this altar and say a prayer and then watch them three weeks later when they found out that Jesus, the Bible says Jesus was born of a virgin say, well, I don't believe that. Well, then you didn't embrace the gospel of God. Come on now. If all God wanted you to have was three verses, that's what you'd have. You wouldn't have a Bible. Be easier to read, faster to read. I memorized the whole Bible that I got saved. But he gave you a big book full of truth. So he wants you to know who he is and who you are and what he did and why he did it. And what will happen to you if you believe it and what will happen to you if you don't believe it. Praise the Lord. Bible says in, uh, let's go to James chapter 2. James chapter number 2. James 2. Verse number 1, my brethren, James 2 verse 1, my brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory with respect of persons. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect unto him that weareth the gay clothing, just... Just saying. And say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him? Now look carefully. Jesus Christ is the author and finisher of our faith. The faith that he authored is not just get saved. The faith that he offered is, I love poor people and ragged people and rich people and well-dressed people and everybody in, in between. I love them all equally. And if you don't, you haven't bought into my gospel. Isn't that interesting? See, when he authored our faith, the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ is the entire body of truth set forth by God. 
for men to be saved by and for saved men to live by. He's the author of our faith. Moses didn't author part of the Bible and David part of the Bible and Samuel part of the Bible and James and John part of the Bible. The Lord used many penmen, but he's the author. He's the author of the entire body of truth that we believe. Galatians chapter 2. Galatians, the second chapter. That's why we call the Bible the Word of God. Galatians 2. Verse number 17. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin, God forbid. Now, he's writing people who've been justified when they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He's saying, just because you're justified by grace and saved by grace doesn't give you any liberty and a right to sin. God forbid we should say, I'm saved and then go out and sin. If I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. If I get saved and then months later or years later I go back to committing the sins I used to commit, they're still sins. Well, I'm saved. Well, sure you're saved, but live like it. Okay? Verse 19, For I through the law am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. Praise the Lord. There's salvation. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by, now look, the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. Now let me ask you something. The context here is not getting saved. It's how you live after you get saved. And the Holy Spirit says, even though I'm saved, I am going to live in my flesh in accord with the faith of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ authored a set of doctrines and beliefs for saved people to live by. Is he the author of your eternal salvation? Come on, anybody? See the author? All right, now that you're saved, is he the author of your faith? See, some people want Jesus the author of their eternal salvation, but then they want to live contrary to the Word of God. The Holy Spirit wants us to live in accord with the faith of Jesus Christ, the doctrines and truths set forth by the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, come back where, look back where we started. Two more stops, okay? But Hebrews 12, look back where we started. And watch how this matches the Galatians verse. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, whoever that is, somebody's watching us. We're not going to debate or even study this morning who the witnesses are, but somebody's watching. We are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. He's writing to save people who have trusted Jesus Christ. He says, stop sinning. Stop carrying around these weights 
They're keeping you from running a good race in the eyes of the spectators. Well, how do I know what the weights are? How do I know what the sins are? How do I know how I ought to run? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. How do you determine what's a sin? What did Jesus author in the faith? How do you determine what is a weight? What did Jesus author in the faith? How do I run a race that is proper? What did Jesus author in the faith? Now, now let, me, let me show you the difference. Modern Christians, modern Christians decide, I want to do something. Then they look to Jesus. Jesus, can I do it? Well, he didn't say no. And I started to do it and he didn't stop me. And I did it, and I still had peace in my heart. No, that's called a seared conscience. It's not, a peace, it's not peace in your heart. But what they do is they look to Jesus, and Jesus gives them an okay. That's what the Bible said. It said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You don't look to Jesus, you look to what he authored. And if what Jesus authored said, it's a weight, it's going to drag you down, get rid of it. If what Jesus authored says it's a sin, don't do it. If what Jesus authored said, that's a good way to run a race, then you run the race. This is why the great hindrance to Christianity in our day is not the devil. It's churches without the authority of the Bible. Because you get all these people saying, Jesus said it's okay, but when you look to what Jesus wrote, He wrote something contrary to what you're feeling. So the Bible says, I'm to look to the author and finisher of our faith, that is, I look to the entire body of doctrines and truths set forth by God, set forth by the Lord Jesus Christ, and I run by those rules, not by my own devisings. Praise the Lord. All right. Acts chapter 28. Acts 28. All these verses. Yeah, we'll still have you up before noon when your car turns into a pumpkin. Acts 28. Acts chapter 28, verse 28. Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles and that they will hear it. Now, again, in our context, question. Does God need to be saved? This isn't how God gets saved. This is how God set forth for you to be saved. This is how God set forth for me to be saved. There's only one Savior. It's God. There's only one Savior. It's Jesus Christ. Who is it? It's 
God manifest in the flesh because the only way for you to be saved was for God to become man, live without sin, die on the cross, rise from the dead, ascend to the right hand of the Father, and impart to you everlasting life when you believed on Him. Yes, God is our Savior, but salvation has to come as God decreed it. Not as some other faith teaches it. So I'll say this as carefully as I can. If all you want to do is live a good religious life, the Hindu faith, the Buddhist faith, the Muslim faith, the Mormon faith, the Baptist faith, pick a faith. And there are probably some principles and tenets there that will help you be a better person and live a better life. But if you want to be saved, if you want to have eternal salvation, it'll have to be the faith of Jesus Christ. You'll have to get saved according to the salvation He authored, not according to ones men authored before or after or beside or in addition to. All right, Acts chapter 4. One more stop. Fourth chapter of the book of Acts. Jesus Christ is the author of eternal salvation. Jesus Christ is the author of our faith. Acts 4, verse number 12. Let's start at verse 10. Be it known unto you all and to all people, the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead. You see that? It's not just the name of Jesus. It's Jesus crucified and risen from the dead. Whom God raised from the dead. Even by him did this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which is set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Period. So he is not only the author, but he is the finisher of our faith. All the prophecies pointed to his birth. He came and was born. All the prophecies pointed to his sinless life. He lived a sinless life. All the prophecies pointed to him dying on the cross to pay for our sins. He died on the cross to pay for our sins and cried, It is finished. And three days and three nights later, he rose from the dead. He is the author and finisher of our faith. Now, it's God's faith. That's, that's the set of system of beliefs He set forth. It's the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. There it is. That's what you have to believe. Can you say this morning, God's faith is my faith. The faith of the Lord Jesus Christ is my faith. See, those of us that are saved, we say, I am saved by the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. I am running this race in accord with the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I went to school. I, I took all these literature classes in college and, and I, I, all the, these classic works of literature and all that. I, I've read so much of that. So many of those books, I've read them. You talk about an author. You talk about an author. Jesus Christ. All those books those men wrote, Hugo, Dickens, Twain, just line them up. Irving, Dante, 
Oh, just, just line them up there. Shakespeare. Put them all right there. There's not one book any of those men ever wrote can get your sins forgiven, your soul saved, and impart to you eternal life. But somebody wrote a book. Somebody named Jesus wrote a book. Can get you washed in His precious blood, justified in His holy sight, born again, made a member of His body, impart to you everlasting life. You want a book? There's the book for you right there. Greatest author ever lived. Every week they print this, this list, New York Times bestseller list. And every time they put it out, it's falsehood. Because the best-selling book every week, every month, every year, year after year after year after year, is the Holy Bible. And not one time will they ever put it in that list as the best-seller. More Bibles printed than any other book. Bibles around the world. People sm- no, nobody, nobody's risking their life today to smuggle Shakespeare into a communist country. Nobody's risking their life to sneak a copy of <laughs> some magazine into some foreign land. But people are willing to die to get this life-changing, soul-saving book into the hands of their fellow man. What an author. Jesus Christ, author and finisher of our faith. Amen. Father.